0: Why do we believe that is real?
1: You're listening to the Cairn 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Cairn University in just 10 minutes. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Emanuel Lambert, Christian hip-hop artist, alum. Follower of Jesus Christ, Inquirer into Apologetics, and more. Those familiar with the world of Christian hip-hop may know him better as The Truth, and we have him for a little while in between a chapel service he has done and a show he is doing here at Cairn this evening. Thanks for joining us, Emmanuel. Thank you. I know when I first met you at that very swanky hip-hop that we had breakfast at. (laughs) No, no, IHOP, the swanky Uh IHOP. I said, okay. Yeah, hip-hop on the brain. Hip-hop is on the mind here, right. Um, (laughs) But we talked about your new album, It's Complicated, and uh, your tour. And you said at that time, with this whole thing, we started talking about you coming to Karen, and you said apologetics is really the focus of this. And I'm really intrigued by that. I thought anybody listening might like to hear how a Christian hip-hop artist becomes connected with Ravi Zacharias International (laughs) Ministries and wants the whole focus of what he's doing to be apologetics, at least for this tour. So can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so when I first started, um, shout out to the Cross Movement, who is one of the groups that serve as kind of the pioneers of Christian hip-hop in a lot of ways. As a matter of fact, the ambassador, um, otherwise known as William Branch, attended here some years ago prior to as a matter of fact I was inspired by him and a couple other people to actually come here Um, they were really instrumental in my focus uh, when I started which I think is important for any artist any Christian artist Um, I always encourage Christian artists to have to be intentional about making sure that they are uh, that their roots are established in the faith, you know, um, before they even think about, you know, grabbing a microphone. Um, I think these things are critical. Well, with that said, one of the things that Cross Movement did was um, they poured into my life. Um, they discipled me as a Christian, as a man, and they, uh, as well as in the ministry. And um, one of the things that um, they really focused on was just the importance of using what we love to do in order to accomplish what we're called to do. Uh, About three years ago, um, the world really just started impressing upon me the um, importance of apologetics in this particular cultural climate. Because in this climate, people are, they call this a discontinuous generation, you know, the millennials. They don't want to be talked at. They don't want you to tell them what they should believe or what they are to believe. And so with that, evangelism becomes a lot more conversational. And because they are, they don't feel the need to kind of align themselves with, you know, any traditions. They don't mind coming in the doors of the churches with questions or not coming into the doors of the church. Because of the questions that they have, Um, we realize that the most effective way to really um, engage people with the gospel today is to be conversational. But the only way to be conversational is to um, be really strategic. And so apologetics helps us in that the goal of apologetics is really evangelism. People forget that sometimes because you can miss the forest for the trees. You can really um, get hung up on the. Uh, scholarship, you know, of apologetics, or just get hung up on the answers themselves, you know. And so, you know, it's important to remember that it's really just a means to an end, which is ultimately to point to point people to Jesus Christ. So, I thought it was important um, to to uh, do an album and I'll come alongside of Dr. Zacharias um, because he's the boss in this. <laughs> Who better uh, to align yourself with? Um, If you're looking to impact the generation in an apologetic space, then Dr. Zacharias, and I tell you, it has been an amazing, amazing journey for me over the past few years. Mm.
1: What's interesting, I think, about what you're talking about was there's this personal aspect to apologetics. Yes, that's right. So we talk about evangelism, but oftentimes we think of doubt when we think about apologetics. Yeah. So, A, what is kind of your personal journey with that, and then also how— is your medium unique and a unique way to address this?
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, um, when I was here at Karen, <laughs> you, know, you know, I was tempted <laughs> to say PBU. When I was here at Karen, um, my third year uh, here, I was in my west. I was in the Western Civilization class, and it was the first time that I had been exposed to um, the um, ancient Near Eastern. Uh, mythological stories that predated uh biblical historical narratives um so it was the first time i had kind of uh, been exposed to those ideas and it shook my faith that was here while i was in bible college and i think that's important to say because um you just never know how many people are actually in this school um and really uncertain about what they believe you know at the core and um so that was a really critical, pivotal moment for me, um, because it forced me to, uh, to it forced me to my knees. Number one, <laughs> um, yeah. which is very difficult to be to talk to God when you don't know if He's real. So in God, help me! I don't know yeah. if you're real. Yeah. You know. <laughs> In my youth, take time to choose money on Bible college and train, rise to school, play and follow the leader. What am I to believe that I blindly believe when I got a Bible to read? Then I got down on my knees, it's a one way to God, drop down to plead a total waste of my time. But you know, it forced me to my knees and it forced me into the books in a way that I had not <laughs> been researching. You know, I, I dug up every Piece of literature possible to help me kind of walk through and understand okay what is this if this stuff predates the biblical accounts by somewhere ranging between three and five thousand years what does that say about what we have is it not original you know is the, are these stories not unique you know um, are these just copycat theories etc 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 but over time i think the lord really began to um, help me as like i said you with the means by which he helped me to find resolve and uh, was you know through research and through prayer. And so um, that's just one of the f- out of, of the four times, each time was different, that my faith was shaken, where I was shaken at the core. Like, w- not just what do I believe, but why? And I think that's the biggest question that apologetics helps to answer. Um, and I think that the church has actually had struggled in that conversation. I think we've done a great job at the what and not an amazing job at the why. Um, and I, and part of that is due to the fact that we haven't created a culture of conversation where the church is set up in a lot of ways, like the formal educational system. You come in, you sit down, you learn for 45 minutes, you tap everybody up and you roll out. And that's the end of that till Wednesday, <laughs> Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> that's very much like the formal educational system. It's not very communal in that we're not spending a lot of times to get time together getting in the huddle and asking the difficult questions and even if we do have those um, cultures of community it's still it's, it's just, we still don't necessarily create the safest place to ask those ask certain questions um, you know because you don't mind having those questions if you're younger in the faith right but when you're the truth and you got four albums out and you're in Bible college and you're a junior and you're speaking and preaching Jesus right. you know you have to have a really safe place to go to and say you know i don't know i don't know why i believe what i believe in it one prophet totally fit the description one. and complicated the whole things conflicted when they say way. jesus was already presented about a century before went by the name harvest they say he's not an original not and if i'm honest a when a i a saw the resemblance it shook me up for a minute too yeah then i decided to do some research, research. Yeah. started typing in keywords. keywords like like jesus harvest osiris what i felt was priceless and the doubt was reversed yes yeah. there was no historical evidence I do think that you have a, they have a, everybody has a huge advantage being here at this school where they can literally pull these professors aside and ask these difficult questions and have them kind of walk them through it. Um, so, so for me, I've had uh, many bouts with doubt and which is also what set me on this journey because I personally understand what that's like um, as a Christian and a non-Christian. I've asked many of the same questions non-Christians are asking. About God. Now, how does hip hop, how is that unique? The arts is, is the place, is, is one of the primary means of indoctrination. We know that. And so, because the arts is shaping the value systems, shaping the worldviews of this generation, um, if you have that platform, it's your job, and I, can, I consider it my job, to be intentional about countering, being countercultural, seeing what the issues are, what the challenges are. What people are struggling, what are people hearing from a Jay-Z, hearing from a young thug, hearing from a Dreek, hearing from a Beyonce? What are what is the messaging, you follow me? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, relativism or pluralism or all the isms, hedonism or What are they getting from this artist or that artist? Um, Not just in the music though, because it's not limited to the music. You can YouTube their interviews, Mm -hmm. you can (laughs) watch them on the award show, their performances. You know, we get a comprehensive view of the artist now. So they're impacting us in more ways than one. You know, it's not just the music, it's fashion, it's this, it's that. Some of it's good, a lot of it's bad. And so, Um, the stuff that's not good that's where we come in you know we see ourselves as not just an alternative but an antidote we believe that that's what Christ offers and so um, I think that's the the unique space that we have as a hip-hop artist or any artist for that matter
1: that's great thanks for joining us today absolutely and uh, we are looking for feedback uh, from you alumni who may be listening so uh, we're going to do a special offer here today and that will be the first Uh, Two individuals that we see send us feedback on this podcast, any others, anything you'd like, we will send you a complimentary copy of The Truth's newest album. Uh, but We would like your feedback, so please send an email to alumni at cairn.edu and let us know what you think about the podcast and how we can better serve you through it. Thanks for listening.
0: I wanna go. Another hot summer, we out here and on the go. They say that God is coming, but how can we really know? in the fact, if I turn my back in the gates, can he tell me no? No? Uh, who can tell me how to get in? They say if I repent, he forgive me for all my sins. Skeptics to say that we loco and going out on the limb. But I say that when life is over, that's when it really begins. Yeah, hope you catching my drip. Boy, you can't tell me nothing. I promise I'm too convinced. That's why I got all this luggage and packing up for my trip. But I heard them say that the heavens was not much better than this, this, if it's this I'm out, get my things, pack my bags and I'm gone, I just want to be sure, yeah, death is a friend to the righteous man going home, and forever's a long time to be wrong, gone.